Isn't it true that most children are announced with some kind of birth announcement? Look at these beautiful babies here and how their parents announce them with their special birth announcement. I know we did the same for our children. We wanted all of our friends and family to know that we had a new baby. And we always pick the best picture and put all the important information and celebrate it with our friends. You've all done the same. So don't you think that when the Son of God was born, that He would have a birth announcement too? Sure, but His was far different from a card with a picture. He had a birth announcement where the entire host of angels told the shepherds that a Savior had been born. We know this part of the Christmas story well, but I don't know that you've ever thought of it as a birth announcement to the world that Jesus was born. I want us to look at what those shepherds heard from those angels this morning as we look at Luke chapter 2. As I read these familiar verses to you, I want you to imagine what it must have been like for those shepherds to see the angels and to hear this wonderful news. Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 20. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields and keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly host with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to people He favors. When the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off and found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. Why the shepherds? Wouldn't you think that when the announcement came that the Son of God was born, that the royals would hear about it, the wealthy would hear about it, uh, the people of high regard in society would hear about it? But it wasn't they who heard the news. It was humble shepherds. Why? There may be lots of reasons. I think three good ones that I've come up with are here. One is that Jesus came humbly to this earth at His first coming. He came to humble parents who were young and who were poor. He was born in, in a stable. He was laid in a feeding trough for His bed. It was a sign to the world that here was the Son of God, but yet He identified with the people of this earth. We who are weak and lowly and we who are tainted by sin. Of course, Christ had no sin, but He identified with us in our weakness. And that's why it's fitting that as Christ came humbly, the humble shepherds also 
were the ones to hear the news. But it also fits perfectly the fact that Jesus is the good shepherd. He tells us in John 10 that he is the good shepherd who cares for his sheep. And that's always been a beautiful image from the Old Testament through the New. That God cares for us in a gentle way and leads us. And we are to follow him as a sheep follows his shepherd. But also Jesus himself, as John the Baptist proclaimed, is the Lamb of God. The sacrifice for sin. The Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world, John the Baptist proclaimed. And therefore, isn't it fitting that the first ones to hear the birth announcement were humble shepherds who were good shepherds and cared for sheep because Jesus came humbly. He is the good shepherd and He is the Lamb of God. But I want to focus more on what the angels said rather than the shepherds themselves. The angels said this, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and peace on earth to people He favors. Glory to God, the Savior has been born. Peace on earth. Where is the peace on earth? It is something that we all pray for, we hope for. Maybe sometimes even beauty pageant contestants say that's what they're going to work for, world peace. But yet when we look around, there's violence, there's war, there's division. You cannot look at our globe and see peace. But you don't have to look from country to country and see world conflict and to see cities in turmoil to realize that life has little peace. Just think about your day as you go through it. Are there times when it just feels like even wanting to know what's for dinner causes stress and struggle? Uh, work brings stress. Maybe you come home from work and now your ceiling is leaking water. Or your kids are shouting and screaming at you. Isn't it true that from home repairs to work to children to what's for dinner, living life every day is filled with stress and with struggles? You don't have to look far to realize that peace is hard to find. Why is, well, what can we do when peace is hard to find? One way is we can decrease our stress and our struggles. That's what you do when you go on vacation, isn't it? When you go on vacation, you don't have to work. If you're fortunate enough and you have children, the grandparents are taking care of them. And now it's just you and your spouse, so there's no children, there's no work. You don't have to worry about your home and the repairs or anything because you're not there at your house. Isn't it true that on vacation we often simplify things and when they're simple, they're less stressful? So one way that we can have more peace in our life is to eliminate the things that bring so much chaos in them. Another way that we handle the stress and struggles of life is to cope with them. 
there's lots of good ways that you can do that. There is prayer. There's meditation. There's taking a moment of calmness. And there's being alone. Maybe some of you, if you drink your morning coffee or your morning tea, are able to have that moment of calm and peace. These are good ways, honestly, to take away the struggles and stress in your life. Sometimes we add things in our life that we don't need. And there are good ways that we can exercise or pray or meditate or have that cup of tea so that we are able to simply relax and have the stress be less. But you know this too. Sometimes the struggles cannot be taken away and the struggles cannot be solved with a hot, warm bath. There is life filled with struggle and strife without peace that needs a different kind of peace than this world gives. And that's the peace that God gives. God gives us peace in the midst, in the middle of our struggles, right there when they are happening and where they are happening. Listen to what Paul writes in Philippians chapter 4. He says, don't worry about anything, but in everything through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. You see, your life can be as chaotic as this mess of, of wires. And even in the midst of that mess, where you can never organize it, you can never uh, meditate enough out of it, God's peace comes and is real and satisfies. Let's look closer at those verses. Notice the first thing that Paul says is to not worry. Don't worry, he says, about anything. Don't worry about it. He gives us an alternative to worrying about it. And in everything he says to pray. When we pray, we are coming to God. So he's given us a hint of what he's going to say next. When there is anxiety and where there is worry, where there's stress and struggle and strife, go to God. When we pray, he says, pray with petition, with thanksgiving. We tell God what is wrong, and then notice what he says. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding. Think about that. This is a peace that you can't define it. You can't explain it. You look at your circumstances, and someone from the outside would say, there is no way that you could be at peace. You've got too much going on. But it's a peace that surpasses all understanding. You can't figure it out. It, God gives it when we need it in that moment. But you can't explain it. Because this is a supernatural, God-given, gracious gift of peace. And then notice what Paul says happens. Our, our hearts and our minds. Isn't that where the, the stress and the anxiety reside? Is in our hearts as our souls are aching and in our minds as we're thinking and thinking and worrying. But when that peace of God comes, it protects and it guards our heart and our soul. 
in our mind so that these stresses in life do not come in and disturb that peace. You see, Paul is telling us here that peace isn't found necessarily in the absence of violence. It's not found in a coping mechanism that's superior. Peace is found in a person, Jesus Christ. That is where peace is found. And at Christmas, this is even more true because He is declared as the Prince of Peace. We have heard this verse already as we lit our Advent candle. And here it is again in Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. He is the Prince of Peace. I mean, He's Prince in the sense that He is King of Kings and Lord of Lords. But I also think of it in this way, that He is the one who has the peace. He's the ruler of it. He's the leader of it, in a sense, since He's the Prince of it. And that's why He is the one who can give it to us. Again, the angel was able to say, peace on earth. Because the angel had already said this in Luke chapter 10, verses 10 and 2, verses 10 and 11. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is the Messiah, the Lord. That's why there can be peace. That's why the angels and their hosts of heaven declared peace on earth. Because they had already said, there is a Savior, there is a Messiah, there is the Lord Jesus who has been born. I want you to understand too how deep and wide this peace of God is. It's not a superficial peace, it has depth and it permeates every relationship that we have. And first and foremost is peace with God. Think about that. We, in our sin, were enemies with God. As enemies, there was no place for the, the love of God or anything that we deserved from God. As enemies of God, we deserved His wrath. We deserved being from away from His presence. We deserved uh, an eternity in, in hell. That's what we deserved as sinners and enemies of God. But Paul tells us that when we were still His enemies, that's when Christ died for us. I, I love that verse. Jesus didn't wait until we were friends before He gave His life and love for us. It was when we were His enemies, when there was hatred and animosity against Him, that's when He died for us. And when He died for us, those who believe in Him, Paul tells us in Romans 5, have peace with God. Listen to what he says. Therefore, since we have been declared righteous by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. The one person in the universe you want to have peace with 
is its creator, its Lord, and its king, and its ruler. And we who have faith in Jesus Christ have peace with God. I don't want you to, to misunderstand how important that is. Because we have peace with God now, He lavishes on us His grace and His mercy and His love. And we have an eternity in His presence in heaven. Peace with God is the most important thing when it comes to peace in our lives. But it doesn't even stop there. Because we have peace with God, He also has created peace with others. I mean, look at our world, and when we look at it, we see people shouting at each other. We see division, we see hatred, and we see racism, and we see all of this division. But those who believe in Christ, Paul tells us, we have peace with each other. Those who are believers in Christ, he says in Ephesians 2.14, For he, referring to Jesus, is our peace, who made both groups one and tore down the dividing wall of hostility. He's here specifically talking about Jews and Gentiles who had been for centuries enemies. But a Jew who believed in Jesus and a Gentile who believed in Jesus, both were saved in the exact same way, had the same Lord and Savior and because of that, Jesus himself brought them together, tearing down the wall that divided them and bringing them into one church. The answer to the strife and the division we have among each other is to know Jesus Christ. And brothers and sisters, I know even in the midst of churches, there is division and strife when there shouldn't be. Because we are United, we have peace because of Jesus Christ. So I think we should, in those times when we disagree, in those times we're tempted to, to shout and to push away and to be divided from our brothers and sisters, realize that Jesus died for us to bring us together. The peace is already there. The unity is already there. He's done it. We don't have to create it. We simply have to follow Him. And as we follow Him, that peace and that unity follows as well. The Lord also gives us peace in our personal lives. As I said earlier about all of the hectic pace and chaos of life, even in the midst of all of that, we can have peace. I love what Jesus said to His disciples, and He says to us in John 14, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Do you hear those comforting words? Aren't we often fearful and troubled in life? And we're fearful and troubled in life, again, because of all the mess that's in our life. But Jesus says, you don't have to be fearful. You don't have to... Be worried because He gives a peace that's not like the world. As I've already shared with you, the reason it's not like the world, it's not based on the end of hostility or a life that's organized or a life that's stress-free. And that's the problem. So many of us are waiting for peace when we think in the future, 
I'm going to have a life where I have it figured out. It's all under control and it's all organized. And then I'll have peace. Reality is that's never going to happen. Your life is never going to be free of chaos or troubles. So you will never find peace unless you find it in Jesus Christ. And when you find it there in Him, it supersedes all those things. And you're able to have a peace even in the midst of all of that. Jesus gives peace a different way. He gives Himself. It's God Himself living in us. The Prince of Peace Himself with us that gives us that peace in the most difficult circumstances. Many of you know my story of uh, a heart transplant, and I've shared many different parts of it. And maybe I've shared this with you in the past, but it fits perfectly this morning in talking about peace. One of the days in my long journey with that heart problem was a, a Tuesday morning when my blood pressure started to drop. And the reason it was dropping was that my heart was slowing down and getting ready to stop. Fortunately, the nurse was right there in the room. And immediately, I was surrounded by a team of nurses and doctors, and they wheeled me out of that room right into some place. I don't know where it was, but some place where they were ready to see what was going on and to work on me. Now, in that moment, I can't explain it and I can't describe it. And that makes sense because doesn't the peace that comes from God passes all understanding? I remember this vividly. I was laying on the table. They were all around me. I have no idea what they were doing to me. I was at perfect peace. There was no worry. There was no anxiety. But I can't explain that. And it wasn't because of the drugs either. Now, I know they can give good drugs, and, and I know how those drugs feel that the doctors give. I mean, I've had the ones that have put me to sleep, and I've had the ones that make my memory foggy, and I, I've had the ones that just make you feel like you don't care, do whatever you want to to me. So I, I've had those, and I know how those feel. But this was completely different. It was a gift that God gave me. I, I didn't deserve it in that moment. Honestly, I didn't even ask for it in that moment. I didn't have time to pray. It seemed it happened so fast. But God Himself was there with me. And that's why that peace was there with me. Brothers and sisters, I know there may be moments in your life that may be that bad or worse, or maybe they're never that extreme, but I do know this. In every moment of life, we who are believers in Jesus Christ have the Prince of Peace with us. And He can give peace that passes all understanding. If you're fearful, if you're in trouble, if your soul is not settled, if you are facing things this morning that overwhelm you, don't worry. Pray and the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart and your mind. Do so this morning, brother and sister, and you will have the peace of God. Let's go to the Prince of Peace in prayer. Jesus, we know we live in a world that is filled with trouble. But we are thankful that in the midst of it you give peace, and you've said elsewhere in the Gospel of John that you have overcome this world.
Father, I do pray for my brothers and sisters this morning who are struggling and hurting and the anxiety is overwhelming. Lord, we've all been there. But I also know when we've been there, we can also be there with you and you give peace. So I pray for them this morning, the peace that you give would be in their lives and that all of us in every moment of that need, we would pray and call out to you. We thank you this morning, Lord Jesus, and we pray these wonderful things in your most precious name. Amen. I know December the 6th, you were hoping and planning to come to Olive Branch Baptist Church and worship God in person. You're watching this video sometime after the 6th, and so we were not able to meet in person. I'm thankful that we were able to worship together as you have watched, and I pray that God has blessed you this morning. I want you to know that our intent is to be back in person worshiping on December the 13th, but of course this decision may change. So please continue to watch your emails and your phone messages. Certainly watch Facebook as well. We will get the word out if things have to change. Pray for our world in the middle of this pandemic. We'll be praying for your health and your safety. And as I've shared this morning, the Prince of Peace gives us peace even in the midst of this time. We'll stay in touch with you. You keep watching. I may see you on video next week, but I hope to see you in person. God bless you. Have a great week.